Every woman needs a tribe. The first member of the tribe for a little girl is her mom. Hi, my name is Inkechi Aguenu, and I started the What I Wish podcast to highlight the special relationship between a mom and her daughter. I invite other mothers to talk about their experiences as a girl mom and sometimes boy mom and the lessons learned from their relationships with their own mothers and how that has translated into their relationships with their children. My guest and I also talk about other parts of us, like other relationships in our lives, being single, career development, and self-growth. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoy the conversation. Thank you for joining us on another episode of What I Wish My Mother Taught Me with Nicole Trick Steinbach. How did I do? Oh, you did good. Nicole Trick Steinbach. That was fantastic. I love it. Thank you. <laughs> I actually practiced yesterday. I was in my office like, let me make sure I get her name correctly. <laughs> oh, that means so much to me. Thank you. Yeah, oh. I've had people like not even try. So I really appreciate that. Thank you so much. Yeah, no, you know, my, I'm Nigerian. My name is mm-hmm. Nkechi. It's such an important name to me and people just yeah. will not pronounce it properly. So everyone calls me Nikki. So pronunciation of names means a lot to me. So I try to yeah. just be mindful of that. Yeah. And Nikki, I don't know. I'm also a Nicole. Then it gets yeah. cut into Nikki. That yeah. is not my jam. Nikki is not my jam. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. <laughs> but, you know, everyone calls me Nikki. Now my mom, my mom, my husband, my kids, they all call me Nikki. So Aww. Nikki it is all Nikki as well. Is. Nicole, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself, please? Yeah. Okay. So. First of all, I'm so excited to be on this podcast because I have really enjoyed it. I think I shared with you, but I want your audience to hear as well. I was listening to episodes in Croatia um, on holiday this summer, and I was walking along a path and the one about aging. Oh, so beautiful. Such a good episode. So everybody go listen to the aging episode. Um, So I am an American. I lived in Germany for a very long time for 13 years. I also grew up in a low income single mom situation and then became a global executive. And I've traveled and worked in 25 different countries. I've traveled to more than that. And it's miraculous to me because I don't know if I really knew people who left the Midwest of the United States growing up. And I really love that. So now I run my own business and I'm really focused on helping professional women all over the world build the skill of bravery and really transforming this idea that bravery is a, a personality trait. Cause it's not, it's a skill right. and B that it is like rushing into burning buildings and saving the world and going to war and all those things, what it is for me and what made my life transformation to this point possible and helped me become a parent because I have two kiddos discovered both of them are neurodiverse recently is those quiet moments of bravery where I listen to my voice, those quiet moments of bravery where I allow, I allow myself to be clear, those quiet moments of bravery where I say yes, or I say no, or I just lean back and give myself space to, to make a decision versus rushing into that next activity. I love it. I love that you have honed in on the concepts of peace and quiet and what that transcends into once you're able to take five minutes of just peace, quiet, because you gain clarity. I love it. Continue. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. I know it's fantastic because I grew up with a lot of like 
dopamine and cortisol and adrenaline of trauma and stress and struggle and in those things and just the breath, right. was part of my coaching journey was a coach who helped me just literally breathe into my diaphragm. I was a runner. I still am a runner. And I didn't know how to breathe into my diaphragm, which is just the wildest thing when I look back on it now. And, you know, sometimes brave for some of my clients, especially my neurodiverse um, introverted clients is taking faster action or taking action without knowing what it is or choosing not to be perfect or whatever. And, but for me, as a very talkative (laughs) extrovert who would just it's all my energy from other spaces. Yeah. Learning to slow down, particularly as a parent, oh, total game changer. Nothing teaches you that like parenting. Yes. Yeah. 100%. You've got great guests on here to talk about just all of that. And it's been yeah. so glorious to hear other approaches to come in. Yeah. And I, and I, I tell people a lot, this has become like my therapy. (laughs) (laughs) So it's sort of a selfish thing now because I look forward to it because I learned so much and I'm getting healed (laughs) just Uh, from learning from everyone else. So let's talk about your childhood. Why don't you share a bit about it? Yeah. So my mom um, was in relationship with a gentleman who became my father who was significantly older. He also is a very hurt person and so he harms a lot of people and she got pregnant outside of wedlock and it was a really big deal because from a Catholic area, et cetera. Yeah. So I was born fun name, right? So my name is Nicole Louise. Right. And I was supposed to be a boy and they had battled it out to settle on to Nicholas Lewis. Okay. Yay, creativity. Yeah. <laughs> it into the female. Yeah. But it's actually wonderful because Now, um, my second kiddo has the same middle name. So she's now, I think the sixth generation who has Louis or Louise, which I adore. Yeah. And so there was a lot of struggle. My parents separated, they came back together, they separated, they came back together. And when they, when my mother finally decided that's the end of it, um, we just plunged into economic insecurity, poverty, thank God welfare came in at some point, WIC, um, which is women and infants and children came in. Um, And, you know, a lot of the churches in the area, because there's so many holes in the social net, and this was true as well in the 80s, they came in, especially these very, um, I would call them radical churches came in and made sure we had Christmas, which I'm so grateful for. And gravel on our driveway because we lived out in the middle of nowhere and things like that. So um, that is sort of how it became. I have two younger siblings. One is five years older or younger. Another one is eight years younger. And there was just a lot of caregiving. There was a lot of following um, what I was told on the outside and chasing the high of appreciation and recognition. Yeah you know, the perfect grades, being the perfect girl, I developed a eating disorder, being the cheerleader, like all of these things. Um, And that is really where if I was, because I I wrote and I wrote and I wrote when we talked about doing this conversation. And then I listened to more of the episodes and I was like, what do I, what do I really wish? And right now in this moment in time, I have a whole list right now what I'm trying to teach my children and what I wish I had learned before my forties is that my voice matters. I deserve to listen to my voice. 
I deserve to be believed. I deserve to create. And that has been a long time coming. Yeah. And also something that I think I'll probably be working on for the rest of my life. Yep. Agreed. Recently, I went to this event full of lovely people, just lovely people, but they're not my people. Right. And I gifted myself for the first time in my entire life. I gifted myself the opportunity to leave after 15 minutes. Right. Because that's not my place. And I deserve to listen to myself and to believe myself, but also be believed from the outside. Yeah. And trust the voice. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And it's so interesting because, you know, I went to college. I was so, a woman came back to my, I think it was my middle school or maybe my high school. I can't tell you anything about this woman other than she said, I went to this school and I Mm -hmm. have a global career. She could be doing anything. She could be building bridges. I have no idea. But that created this oomph for me. So I went to college. Thank goodness. I got lots of grants because I was in an Appalachian area. So I can actually say like I'm from Appalachia. And then from there, my boyfriend at the time, who's a lovely man, we just didn't stay together. He was September 11th happened. I wanted to start working with the federal government that died because the refugee program basically disintegrated Yeah, and he got a postdoc in Germany. And that's how I ended up in Germany. Oh, okay. And then from there, I built a career and it was every time I thought I'm going to go back to the States, an amazing opportunity would happen there. And so much of the salary, the travel, the reputation, the relationships, whatever, it was all because I was following what someone else thought I should do. Right. So it came from a kid, a lot of caregiving and stepping into, you know, what gives you recognition and taking that into my career made me so successful. And also I learned to ask really amazing questions. I had people who really, a lot of white guys who really believed in, oh, and I'm a white woman for the, yeah, yeah, no, you're fine. See me, right. <laughs> you know, a lot of these men were willing, actually three of them, which is a lot for most people, right. Were willing to really sponsor me, but give me uh, the hard feedback. Oh, that's right? great. Yeah. And, and how did you take that feedback? Because I think that's what, that's what <laughs> sets people back yeah. a bit. So yeah, I, I love a good constructive criticism. I, yes. and it, it's all feedback, you know, Yes. how, so coming from someone who wanted the recognition and the praise, and then you had yeah. men telling you, giving you feedback, whether positive or negative, how, how were you able to receive that so well? I love this question. And because I've listened to your podcast, I'm going to give the actual full answer. Okay, perfect. I'm so glad. (laughs) (laughs) Cause usually in panels, it's like really quickly. It's like be humble, take a deep breath, all that stuff. So the reality is, is that I was severely verbally abused. So I was used to hearing very horrible things about myself and getting back up and continuing to go right. Fall down 97 times, get up 98. Right. Yeah. And then I went into the military to try to pay for school. So I did um, two years of something called reserve officer training corps. I was extremely good at it. And you have to do this barrage of tests at one point. And so I got called into the captain and he was like pushing me and asking questions. And I just answered like, this was not a big deal. Right. And I find out later that other people had gone into that conversation with him and broke down crying and were questioning if they could be a soldier, if they could be an officer and all this. Yeah. Stuff. 
And he came to me and he's like, we need to have another conversation. So I go into another conversation. At some point I say to him, you know, I think you're being really hostile or really mean, or I don't remember exactly what I said to him. And it turned out that I was being like tested okay, to, to see, see if I could do interrogation. Right. Oh, wow. If I could be like a language officer and be embedded somewhere and things like that. But because of how I had been so like talked to by yeah. so many people in the church, at home, in the school, et cetera, right? It just felt like that kind of exchange. Yeah. Right? So it wasn't and because he wasn't attacking me. He was just pushing me really hard and questioning me. Right. So by the time that I got into my corporate career, you know, six years later or whatever, if someone would say, hey, I'm going to give you tough feedback feet on the floor, hips straight, right. deep breath, hands down, listen. Right. So the point where one of my bosses became, has, is a really, really good friend of mine now. Um, he said to me, Nicole, do you know that you have this like posture when I'm giving you feedback? And I said, yeah, it's a conscious choice. Yeah. And so that's kind of how I turned something really sucky into something that really served me. I love and that. also I worked in consulting, change management and organizational development. So it's all about the feelings and a yes. tech industry. Um, and so just that feedback loop was so valuable to me figuring out what does success look like? I didn't know anybody who worked in corporations. Right. So yeah. So that's how it is. And now I, in my business, um, I thought I was just following standard protocol, but now I've learned a lot more Yeah. and I see how like, there's a difference between people coming out of corporate or non-governmental running businesses versus like others. Um, but yeah, I have a 38 question questionnaire. Two of the questions are designed specifically to get negative feedback. Okay. I do that every two, ever twice a year. And I've just kept that process going when we meet with, you know, the teachers for my kids. I always say like, I lived, I, I try to soften it a little bit, but I, yeah. I'll say like, Hey, I lived in Germany for a really long time and I might miss your cues. So just, if my child has an issue, please just use the word problem or issue. Yeah. Cause if you tell me about an opportunity, I'm going to think it's optional, but if there's right. a problem, problem, I'm fine with that word. Right. And it's always fascinating to watch the teachers like relax realize that they can do that so just yeah. be honest and be open yeah exactly I love the message you left on my um messenger with a list mm -hmm. of things you wish do you remember any of those besides the listening to your voice um oh gosh I wish that I had been taught to love my body yes I remember that yeah. I wish I had been taught to love my body. Instead, I developed an eating disorder and I feel like I'm just now as I'm aging, specifically after I turned 38, I just now am loving my body. Yeah. Right. And like focusing on health and things like that. Yeah. The other thing is I wish I would have learned how to manage finances. And that is like, actually not about my parents or my extended family. It's about society. Yeah. I wish I lived in a society that truly loved and appreciated every single one of us. Right. Like I experienced quite frankly in Germany because homelessness is a policy choice. Mm. Hungry kids is a policy choice. Yeah. Underfunded schools is a policy choice and humans built these systems. And so we can literally build better and newer ones, right? D and I don't get me started on <laughs> education. I'm yeah, 
Yeah. So I live in Houston, Texas, and currently I, I don't live in Harris County, um, but the Harris County um, school system is going through quite a bit of challenges mm. at this point. And it's just interesting to me. So in my in my career, I work as um, I'm an attorney and I work as a chief yeah. op- operating officer for a nonprofit and our nonprofit serve people who are homeless and low income. But these are older people. These are older, really mostly older Black men who are struggling to find their foot in. My argument is if we can build better systems when children are younger and give them the tools and the skills they need at a young age, which is really just early childhood education where the home does its part, the school system does its part, we can reduce significantly the number of people who end up in the situation where my clients are at this point so I could go on a tangent about that so (laughs) so. but I don't but I don't think that that is the tangent right because so and I see this with my children right my children go in between the two cultures yeah one culture in which it's acknowledged and then acted upon in a policy manner homelessness is super expensive. Like let's not even talk about the moral value. It's super expensive. It is. Whereas caring for people, universal health care, universal basic income, ensuring people have like support systems is really cheap. It's super cheap. Yep. Right. So my kids are going in between the two and I learned the mindset that they're getting as kids as an adult. So I still struggle against it. I still have some of that prosperity gospel inside of me. You're wealthy because you're a good person and God loves you, which is nonsense. But like, and I still have a little bit of that, like, well, just get back up and keep struggling. And you're a, you know, you're about to be a millionaire, whatever American individualism is. And so it is the point, right? Like, wouldn't it be amazing if we were, educating our children and living in a culture in the United States in which we belong to each other. Right. right? Agreed. Yeah. Because I mean, I grew up really poor and I, my mother really cared about my education. She really cared about my health. She did the absolute best she could do working multiple jobs, et cetera. Right. And there were other people who were not in the mental, emotional, financial space to be able to do that. To do that. Not because they didn't love their kids. Not because they weren't doing their best, right? but because the system is designed to ensure that there are some people who just can't. Can't. Agreed. So I'm going to segue back to what you said. So yeah. how old is your daughter, if you don't mind me asking? So my youngest is nine and a half. Oh, wow. Sevens. I had to make sure I got that half. That's very important. I, I'm with you. And my other is 12. So all of the things that you wish you had been taught, how does that help you parent better and parent Mm -hmm. intentionally? Well, so I have to say um, for my oldest, my oldest was, is neurodiverse and we were living in Germany and we did the evaluations and I was so lucky, right? Because no system was perfect, right? I was so truly lucky, like on this day, this person who was working with us had studied in Sweden and had studied in the United States and was willing to take me to the side and say the really hard thing. Okay. And the hard thing was, it's not your kid and it's not the system. It's the two of them together. Okay. Right. Because the German education system is elite it's elite because it's standard and kids get sorted very quickly. Yeah. Then you have a kid who isn't standard 
So what's going to happen to that kid? That kid's going to be sorted out. So yeah. then you're going to have a highly gifted child who speaks two languages and is doing advanced mathematics at a very yeah. young age, but isn't able to perform and learn in the way it's supposed to be learned. Right. So we actually, that's, I love telling people this. The number one reason we moved to the United States was the education system <laughs> <laughs> with all of its issues yeah. and teachers, teachers get your money, like stop playing anyways. Yeah. So, um, so when we got here, there was just a lot of mental health issues Yeah. and it, we had a situation that I'm not going to share because it's his story. So we got, it got escalated very quickly and we had intensive support. Hmm. I'm going to try not to cry. Crying is brave, but I want to get through the story. About a weekend to the intensive support, this doctor, Dr. Raj comes and he's sitting across the table and he says to me, so both of us, but he was looking at me he said to me, you're doing everything right for the wrong child. Oh. So now we have to figure out how to meet this child. Oh, wow. And being seen, like you're doing quote unquote, everything, right? Like you love and you're present and you're listening and all this stuff, but the skills that you have are for a child who is not neurodivergent yeah, and not highly gifted and not with a sensory thing and not with all these other, these other miracles inside of him that make his perspective of the world so unique. So we got additional support. I have continued to do that. I've been working with parent coaches and um, he has his support system and all of this stuff, which is just miraculous. Yeah. And also I made myself a couple of promises, some of them when I was really young and some of them now. So we specifically talk about body. Yeah. We talk about beauty. We talk about white supremacy and racism. Yeah. We talk about the obligation that we have on both sides of our family because my ancestors thought Jim Crow was the best. Yeah. That is fabulous helped fill in the swimming pools, yanked their kids out and put them into private schools. And then on the other side, we have Nazis, which PS, if nobody understands, like the Nazis literally copied Jim Crow and then did it a lot faster. faster yeah. Right. So like we have, when we talk about these things, we talk about what the prosperity gospel is and what it is at an age appropriate level. Right. And then when things come up, like friendship challenges or my pants don't fit me anymore or whatever, then we can continue that conversation yeah. in a way that I hope gives them additional skills as they continue to age. Cause Lord knows I apologize a lot in this house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I apologize a lot because <laughs> while I'm doing my best and I'm being very brave, I mean, one of your guests who I don't remember right now was talking about the power of, I'm going to call it reconciliation or forgiveness or something like that. Yeah. And it's just such a beautiful reminder that we can repair and then try again, right? right. Fall down, fall down 25 get times, up get up and try times. again. Right. Yeah. So yeah. let's talk about bravery. Right. Talk about bravery and yes. what that means to you. And if you were to go back to that child Mm-hmm. that you were with your mother who did the best she could always yeah. um what would you want to have been taught or what would you want to have known about bravery yeah yeah so the way that I look at bravery is bravery is a skill it's not a personality trait we can choose to be brave and we get to define what bravery means for us 
right? So one of the things that I love when, especially when I'm onboarding a client or I'm talking in front of groups and now getting to talk to the, to you, everybody is that is quoting a writer named Glennon Doyle. And what she says is bravery is disappointing everyone else, but never yourself. Mm. So if you have to decide, is it a yes or is it a no? Do I ask for more money or do I ask for less responsibility, right? Whenever it is, it's like, what what is going to disappoint you? And then do the opposite, please. Sometimes we don't know what the brave choice is for us but we know what it's not. right? And that's enough. It's enough just to know what it's not. So I break it down into three pillars, which is clarity, right? Figuring out exactly what it is. Many of my clients, myself included, start with what it's not. And then we begin to tell people what it's not as we figure out what it is. And I work with people specifically in their careers, but you can use this in anything. I use it, my parenting, my marriage, my friendships, et cetera. The second part is momentum. It's building that action plan that includes feeling your feelings. Feeling your feelings in today's society is an action for most of us. Yes. I mean, God bless all of us who have figured out how to make it instinction, but I did not. Um, So it's really building that action plan and feeling the feelings. And then the third pillar of building your brave is accountability. And accountability in my world is the literal definition of accountability, which means it's not about control. It's about taking responsibility for one's own actions, Mm -hmm. one's own dreams. So most of us have been conditioned that accountability is controlling others. That's actually governance. That's not accountability. Accountability is of self. And so who do I want to become? And continuing to do the 2%, not the 180, the 2% shifts towards who we wish to become. If I could go back and I've actually literally done this with my therapist, gone back in a visualization and I've held tiny little me. I have her picture right over there to remind me all the time. And I say, you are so brave. You are so wonderful. And every moment you get to make another choice. Right. And that's it. That Mm. is what I tell my children frequently, Yeah. right? Like not just tomorrow you get to wake up and make a different choice. It's in this moment right here. Right. I get to take a breath, lean out and maybe stop yelling or listen, listen, maybe take a drink of water. Frequently my kids just need to eat something. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Yep. But that's really what I would tell and continue to tell little me, you are yeah. so brave. Yeah. And every moment you get to decide who you are and make yeah. another choice. Yeah. What is the best lesson that you feel like you learned by yourself that you wish someone mm. had taught you besides the bravery? Mm. That every little moment matters. And so I can do those little things, those little moments, those little ways in the way that matters to me. So when I'm in a meeting, I can just be me. Yeah. When I'm doing, like I, I'm getting back into CrossFit for agility. I can do it my way. I don't yeah. have to struggle. Follow right? the, the, follow the crowd. Yeah. Yeah. I can dress in a way that feels good. Right. Mm-hmm. That I can enjoy that pleasure is part of life. And it's, yeah. it's, it is, yeah, it's, it's, I don't even have the words for it as I'm saying this to you, but it, pleasure is holy. It's sacred. Yeah. Not just suffering and trauma. 
Yeah. Do you you have any questions for me? I want to know when you are having an episode where you get to share where somebody, you know what I'm waiting? I'm waiting (laughs) for someone to interview me. I'm actually waiting for someone to say, I want to interview you. I want to interview you. All right, perfect. Let's do it. I'm I'm ready. You know, I've been waiting because I've been waiting for someone to say, you know what, let's turn this on you. And no one has. I'm like, well, <laughs> well, I want to know. Okay, we'll schedule it. Okay, we'll we schedule will it. schedule it. Um, Exciting. I will resend the Calendly and we will do it. Perfect. Oh, boy. I'm excited. <laughs> I'm so excited. But would you just mind like sharing an example of bravery from your own life? I just love hearing other people's examples. Yes, absolutely. So let me see your definition of bravery is disappointing everyone else, but not yourself. I live by that rule Um, Mm. because no matter what I do, I'm not going to please everyone. So I think in my early 30s, I realized that. I can't please everyone, but I displease myself quite often trying to please everyone. So I stopped, you know, I will show up the way that I feel like you need me to show up for you. And you, if you want me to show up differently, please tell me, but I will show up. I will be there for you. And, but I will not, I will not um, put myself in a position where I'm hurting in an Mm -hmm. effort to prevent you from hurting. So that's my definition of bravery. Oh, I love that. That's beautiful. And it's this beautiful balance where it allows you to grow and change. It allows them to grow and need different things as well. Yeah. And continue to weave the relationship. That's really beautiful. Yeah. Thank you so much. No, thank you. That was a great question. No one has ever asked me that. Bravery. I'm going to write that down. (laughs) So yeah, this was incredible. I just want to commend you because I listened to the two minutes that you left on the messenger Mm -hmm. and I'm going to use, use it on this as well, because I think the list was excellent. So I just want to commend you for the life that you lived as a child and then turning that into a life of bravery. And I can only imagine the tone of your voice just brings calm and peace every time I've heard your voice and now on on this episode brought that to me so I can only imagine what an incredible mother you are and what an incredible coach you are to those who you coach so thank you for taking the time to sit with me today I'm looking forward to the other side of this because I feel (laughs) as though I can be transparent and easy talk talking to you oh thank you Thank you for having me cheer up. Oh, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I really receive that. Like, that's something I'm I'm bravely working on right now is receiving yes. without allowing it to define me. That was just, thank you. I appreciate well, it. And I'm you. so excited. To I'm excited. Yeah, I'm going to send you the Calendly and then just pick a time and I will make myself available for all things. Awesome. <laughs> all right. Thank you so Bye. much. Enjoy thank your you. Saturday and have a good day already. Bye. Take care. Bye.